Welcome to the Ty and Rye, the Finance Guys podcast, covering weekly investment news, important financial topics, and expert interviews. We want to help you become more knowledgeable about the financial world around you. This is not an offer to sell you anything, and remember, past performance doesn't indicate future results. Now your hosts, Ty Hansen and Ryan Robertson. Hello, everybody. Welcome out. New episode, Ty and Rye. You're hearing a, a new it, voice it, if you've watched it, the last two weeks. It, it's actually Ty and Rye this week. Yeah. I like it. Welcome, Rye. I'm a true Islander now, Ty. They've accepted me into their culture. Have you been living the Mahalo life, mm-hmm. Ryan? Man. I like it, buddy. Hawaii is the best place on earth. Expensive, how, how, wh- but it's yeah. fantastic. Why, why did you actually even come back? I, I shouldn't have. Honestly, shouldn't I have. I know. We took both of our boys and both of them just said, can we live here? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you'd love it here because you don't have to pay for anything. So Yeah, seriously. Well, and just for the record, everybody listening, Ryan sent me a few text messages along the way. Mm-hmm asking when should we build an office in hawaii yeah and i think the answer is we could probably do it this year let's do it i'm i'm all for it yeah i found a, a perfect spot right on the north shore time yeah where, where did you guys go we were in uh well we were on oahu but we were on sort of the north shore side uh nice. where lai is Lai. what was the okay we, and we don't want to we don't want to bore everybody too much with with trip details uh-huh. we all know how fun that is yeah what was the funnest thing you did in hawaii shark diving oh yeah you sent me those pictures mm, gosh it was the most amazing thing you get the cage and there are just sharks so warming around you it was great Dude, that's cool it was that's, great. Did, did it freak you out at all before you get in yes because you can see them just around the boat but once you get in you kind of feel like you're watching yeah. a movie almost but they are literally Cool. A foot from your face. That is amazing. Dude, that's so cool. So and we so saw cool. and we saw a couple of turtles. That was cool. Snorkeling. Yeah. Yeah. When we went to Hawaii earlier in the year, we saw some cool turtles and dolphins. That's stuff that stuff's rad. So. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's good, man. Well, I, I will be very straightforward and frank that I am so glad you are back. Me too. Because I suck when I go solo and it's just so much better with you. There we go. Well let's so much better. Well, let's do that. We're gonna let's roll. I don't even know what you did the last two times, so I'm not even gonna try to comment on it. I I wouldn't. It was boring. It was deep. People, I was like calculating sharp ratios on air. Perfect. They're like, "What the hell are you talking about, dude?" Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That's good. (laughs) We're good. We're back to real, real life good stuff. People actually want to listen to. So we're gonna spend some time talking more about retirement planning, strategies, ideas, things that we hear a lot from the people that we work with. And I uh, want to address a couple of them because, look, everybody's going to retire. Well, I should say everybody, but we're all going to get to a point where we may need to really deal with when we get older. And you know what? I just had my birthday yesterday, and I'm getting older, Ty. So you getting are close. getting a little old. I'm getting you close. Are. I'm getting close to death. Yeah. So, so you got to be thinking about these things. <laughs> and these are all things that I feel like, as we, t- you and I, talk to. Hundreds of people. We talk to people all the time, right? I mean, that's literally what we, that's our whole job. And I feel that these are the things that that we hear fairly often. Like, man, I wish I had known. I wish I had understood this better coming into retirement or before I retired. Like I really, you know, I didn't even think about that. Oh my gosh. So these are are time-tested things that we have heard from, from, you know, real humans 
over the last, you know, five, 10, 15 years. And literally everybody you talk to, the focus and goal is retirement. I mean, that's literally everything you talk about, how you invest, what you invest, what you're doing, how you're saving. It all comes back down to that end goal of, of wanting to make sure retirement safe and secure. Right. And, and, and that's the key to this is that it's, it doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't matter the number, but it's not so much the number that, or the dollar amount that you have. It's understanding, it's, it's being happy with what you have and, and, and understanding what your lifestyle, what you want your lifestyle to be in retirement, being comfortable with that lifestyle, and just making sure that everything kind of fits around that, right? And, and that's, I mean, seriously, I've had clients that have only maybe a hundred, couple hundred thousand total for their entire retirement, and they're fine. They really are. I mean, obviously, they're not, you know, going to Hawaii like, like you know, the one percenters like you. But they are definitely, you know, but they're fine. They're, we know they'll be okay in its entirety. And I've also talked to people that have tens of millions of dollars in retirement, right? So that's the point is you don't, it doesn't matter the number. It matters more so the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So And just remember, mo money, mo problems. Mo money, mo problems. Exactly. And 99 I of them agree. are all, I you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So here's the first question is what's the real number? You actually need to retire. That's kind of a question everybody wants to ask. And man, that's a really tough question to answer because of what you just said. So you have to, you, you have to answer that question. What's the real number you need oh, to actually Oh, retire? I do. The real number is it's 70,000, 700,000, 7, no. it, it What matters is the person, right? The family, each individual. And, and, and I don't want to use that as a cop out and we talk a lot about that, but, but really it is an individual situation, right? It's case by case. And part of this too, one of the things I want to make sure we talk about is it really is driven based on your budget, right? Current budget. So like, like, I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. You don't have to tell me specific numbers, but if I put you on the spot right this minute and said, okay, you never made another penny the rest of your life. What is the monthly budget amount that you and Ginny want slash need to be comfortable? Could you tell me that exact number off the top of your head right this second? I can give you two numbers, one for right now and one likely in 20 years. In 20 years, <laughs> right. Here's an interesting thing. Let me ask you this because you're, you're going exactly where I want you to go with this. Is the number in 20 years higher or lower than current? Well, it should be lower. No, 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 just, just not, not what it should be. Is it? I know. It is lower. It, okay, okay. No, that's, and that's okay. I, I, you're absolutely right. We all plan on paying off debts, paying our house off, whatever. The truth of the matter is that the, the reason I'm kind of going a little philosophical with this is you, we, we get used to, I mean, it's just like regular life. As you go through life, you get a pay raise, right? And nine times out of 10, when you get a pay raise, you start spending more, right? I, I've met very few people. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, I work with a lot of great disciplined people. But more often than not, I meet with people who, when they get that pay raise, yeah, they may save a little bit more, which is good. But okay, if they're making an extra $2,000 a month, most likely they're spending that, you know, 1500 1800 2000 a month, they're spending it. So I, I only bring that up, and again, I don't mean to put you on the spot. I'm just saying 
you really need to start thinking through that. Like, am I okay getting those, you know, just living on, on, on less? And, and, and the whole point of this isn't to say, okay, we have to be misers. We have to live like a church mouse and just not spend anything. It's not that. It's understanding that it's it really like, okay, let's figure out, especially if you're younger, you know, if you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, even 60s, we've got time to work towards this. So let's really think about that. And, and seriously, people, 98% of the time, people do not think about this. and Or they, they give me that same response to you just where it's like, oh, yeah, no, I, I've right now, and I'm not saying this is you, just for example, it may be somebody say, hey, right now I need 10 grand a month for everything I'm spending, right? Uh, house, kids, college, yada, 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 whatever. And then when I retire, it'll probably only be like four or five grand. Again, it's like, yeah. and and I still see it pretty often too that there's lots of people that come into retirement who either haven't paid off their home, whatever. I mean, there's still things that they have to account for. And not only that, I would say, we're going to talk about this here in just a little bit later, we don't plan accordingly for medical expenses. Never, yeah. To be frank, most people pay as much a month in medical that they were paying for their home while they were working, if not more. So anyways, yep. It's, it's knowing that budget and it's setting the right expectations when you go into retirement so that you are happy. Yeah. Right. If you can track it, you can change it. Ah, I like it. Now, I like it. This is the thing too. We've talked about this. I don't know how many conversations we've had, but building, building a good financial plan is just, it's actually very, very cool when you put together a really nice financial plan with somebody because it just eliminates all the noise. It eliminates all the questions and it puts this down on paper that everybody, especially the person that you're making your point can see. Right. And they just know right away, are you on track? Are you not on track? And what do you need to do? Because like, it's like losing weight again. If you don't, if you really want to lose weight, you have to weigh yourself. Unfortunately, you've got to weigh yourself. Well, and I think that's a great analogy, man, because when it, like, you can weigh yourself and it can become very mentally taxing, right? That can be a very triggering thing for people. It is for me. The, and, and the point is, is it's not, a, the whole point of this is, is, is it's stressful. It, it is an emotional thing, just like losing weight, Right. And the idea here isn't we don't want people to go out there and be like so freaked out like I have to check my weight every damn day. It's no, you've got to be honest with yourself. And it's like it's like it's okay. It's like look, in, in, coming back to your example, it's like look if you're just a bigger person genetically and your weight's higher, that's okay. Just making sure that you're happy and healthy, right? That's what's important. And so financially speaking, so what if you have a, a, a more bloated budget in the month? That's okay. Like, if you like to live a nicer lifestyle, that is fine. It's making sure that you can support that more bloated lifestyle. And if not, like, okay, it's like, look, if if what you have saved isn't going to equate to a higher luxury lifestyle when you retire, then it's 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 adjusting along the way, right? It's like saying, okay, well, then either I need to really work about saving more now, or I need to maybe adjust my expectations, right? So. That's a, that is a good example. In fact, we, you and I, there was uh, one of our clients you were building that plan for. Um, 
And as we kind of got to it, she had said, hey, I want X number of dollars every month. And unfortunately, we were like, mm, right? We had to kind of tone that number down a little bit. Or it was like, look, or you, you don't have to keep working your same job, but as long as you're working something part-time. And nobody likes to hear that, but at the same time, it's like, again, we had to have that kind of come to Jesus with, with her. Well, that's, what, that's the thing is it's that it, it puts it down and at least allows you to be accountable to make choices with it now. Because if you don't know what the, what the rules are, you can't really make choices. You're just floating. So like this person you're talking about, she's like, oh, okay. Well, you know, I can actually, because she's a nurse, I actually can, uh, you know, take part-time gigs here and there. And I can earn an extra fifteen hundred a month doing that, and I actually like that, and it's not too bad. I can do that for a while. You plug that number in, and it actually then solves the problem. And but before we did the plan, she didn't know what she needed. She she had no idea. So we start plugging that in. She's like, oh, okay, well I can do that. So now she's accountable. She's empowered to make that choice. So everybody needs to get one. It- I love that you use the best word. It's in, you're empowered. That's and, really and that's empowered. What, that that. And that's the thing, like with like going back to the weight loss analogy, right? Um, the when you're empowered, when you when you know what's going on, it's so much easier to make better choices because it's like again, I think the same thing. My, my my wife and I go through a financial plan all the time, and when we do, I catch myself over the next few weeks thinking, do I really want to spend like like it kind of makes me think more about bigger purchases. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't need to buy that, that something. Let me give you this. Yeah. Whenever we go on vacation, well, with our kids when they were younger, now they're older and they have jobs, so they do whatever they want. When we were younger, we'd go on vacation. When you go to Disneyland, how often do your kids ask you, buy me this, buy me that, I want this, I want that. And you have to say yes or no to those things. Or here you go. Here's 50 bucks. Here's 100 bucks. Do what you want with it. Whenever, however, boy, the choice the choices are very different about what they're oh, yeah. willing to spend <laughs> their own money on versus right. hey, there's an empty just a bottomless bank account that I can use. Oh yeah, exactly. So our kids okay. learn very early on that when we give them that, they're like, hmm, I don't want that uh, lightsaber. It's too expensive. It's too expensive. Yeah, I'm gonna get this instead. I'm gonna get that one. So okay, you, you totally brought up one of my one of my most interesting memories associated with Disneyland and budgeting as it relates to this. So we do the same thing, and I love my wife and I love Disneyland. We take we take our kids all the time to Disneyland. We're geeks that way, and we do the same thing. It, there is this budget, right? But the first few times I went to Disneyland with my kids, I was like, "Get whatever you want," <laughs> and there is no because, end at Disneyland. Oh yeah, a- no and, end and, and to it. it. Was like. It was we didn't spend like thousands of dollars, but you're right. It was a really bad way to go about it. Now the reason for it was, the one time I went to Disneyland as a kid. The one time, the one time I went to Disneyland. <laughs> this is gonna be good. Uh... I remember. I literally it was like okay, it's where Star Tours is now, right? And Star Tours was so cool and new. It was like I think it was probably like late '80s, mid to late '80s. And you come out of Star Tours into that gift shop. Sure, everything. Right? Everything's right. a gift shop somewhere. Everything's right before you come out into like the big open space of Tomorrowland. And I wanted to get one of the Star Wars things. How old are you And my this time? I, I, was, I was probably like seven or eight. Uh, I was young, Ty. I'm uh, like, oh, I want this so bad. And I'm in Disneyland and it's amazing. And we've never been here. We'll probably never come again because my, my dad, bless his heart. Rest in peace, dad. But 
he hated that kind of stuff so bad. <laughs> Wasn't a good saver, but he hated Disneyland. Anyway, so so I come out and and I literally have one of the most vivid memories of it. He was kind of like, hell no. And I ended up buying this stupid, cheap little stuffed penguin. <laughs> and I hated that damn thing so much. I hated it. I hate I can still see it in my head. I hated you it. You know so what? Much. So yeah. This explains a lot about you. It, it does. So, Everything so can be tied back yeah. to this. Oh, oh, it's that one, that one pivotal. Ex- so now <laughs> when I took my kids, it's like, have anything you want. I will buy whatever you want in Disneyland. Ty <laughs> is fulfilling his childhood dreams. Oh, Living but we have changed our we have changed our expectations. Mm-hmm. So when we go now, it's like, yeah, you get fifty hundred bucks. That's all you get. Little whatever. Li- Just no moss. A little bit of Jack's coming back. Oh. Gosh dang! Only because they've been my kids have been to Disneyland like half a dozen times. The spoiled little stink stinkers, but okay. So yeah, okay. Back, so make a financial plan, right? Yeah. That's what it's. That's coming back plan. around. So that's uh, why I make a financial plan. Yeah, and you so won't you buy so much can, crap at Disneyland. You won't buy so much crap in Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> well, so now when you get this plan, the one thing that I find with most people who do it is they don't know Social Security. What are you going to get in Social Security? Because I think in the back of our minds, we're just thinking, well, at least I'll have that. But we don't really know what it is. Most people haven't really gone through the process of figuring out how much are you really going to have in Social Security when you retire. Which, again, we also know, too, might even be less over the coming yeah. decades. So we got to go, uh, for that. Go listen to Social Insecurities. Yeah. This podcast. Mm-hmm. Social Insecurities. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, dude. It's it's social security is without a doubt for most people a backbone or bedrock of a financial plan. It is. Right? And obviously it's great. If you've got other pensions, real estate, other cash flow, good savings, it's not as important. And I that's the ideal situation. But for most people it's going to be a part of it. And yes, you hit the nail on the head. 2032, 2033-ish, it's scheduled to kind of start scaling itself back. Now we're starting to see, uh, there's a lot of talk coming from Biden as of late about restructuring Social Security and kind of getting it funded. But again, it's like, do you want to put all your faith and credit in Social Security? That's that's a scary thing. And, and there's also a way within that plan to optimize Social Security, right? Because you, you can take it at 62 basically at 67 or at 70 right and depending on when you take it it obviously the longer you wait the higher it is yeah so okay. interesting you can go to ssa.gov and you can type in your information and find out approximately what you would get at those different ages so and it's interesting too you bring up the different ages you can bring it so i just did a plan for a woman who wanted to take social security at 62 uh, she wants to retire at 62. Okay, let's do it at 62. So I ran two scenarios, one for 62 and one for 66. 66, 10 months, 70, 67. And the 67 was the better way to go than 62. The higher probability, huh? She yeah, could still retire rate. at 62, but not take her Social Security until 67 because it was more money. So you would always okay, so think you'd always think, yeah, let's yep. take it at sixty-two because that's sooner. But no, you gotta look okay, at so, it differently. So, okay, so so tell us then, what do you do if that's the case? Because most people are thinking, oh, I need cash flow. So so what do you do in the meantime? Yeah. Well, so for her, she had enough in retirement uh, and would have enough retirement at the time because of what she's saving. 
in her 401k plan, how much she's doing now. So for the next 10 years, if she continues down that course, between 62 and 67, she's going to have uh, an annuity, which we're doing. So that'll be part of her income then. Right. That'll bring her cash flow, yep. And then she's going to basically bridge that gap with her retirement income. Right. Right? And then at 67, exactly. so security kicks in, and she doesn't have to take as much from her retirement account. And, and that's, that is the key right there is, is it's, it's this, it, it, you start to tie together assets that are growing, time value of money, different sources. You start kind of mixing and matching the pieces. And you're absolutely right. You don't always have to take Social Security first. You don't. There's no problem with saying, hey, I'll take two or three years, four years, and just draw. Now, again, you've got to be very, you, you do have to be disciplined, right? But you've got to be disciplined either way. If you're disciplined, I love that, man, I love that you brought that up. That's perfect. That is so perfect. Because, and that's, so basically what Ryan and I do when we build a plan is, is there's this little, little meter, right? And it tells you the percentage of, probability of success right? And if we can kind of get that into 90% or above, you're, you're, you're golden. You're going to be okay in retirement. And that's exactly what you just said. It's like, we can, we can map that out to say, okay, you take social security at 62 and it's a lower amount or wait till 67. And we know you're going to draw so much out of the asset every year, just your cash sitting there in investment accounts with, with a, uh, accounting for taxes and accounting for inflation. You pull that out. Which of those two has the higher needle? Yeah. Right? Yeah, and it, now, was, it was about it was about 10% higher to wait. Yeah. And see, now again, same thing came out. And I said, so it'll be better for you to do that. Now, we're going to monitor this all the way through the next 10 years. It may change. But if this thing stay the same between 62 and 67, you can just say, well, you know what? Maybe I do get a part-time job. See, again, she's in the mindset where she's like, okay, now I'm in charge of this now. I can make the choices I want to make in this. And she's like, I do want to retire at 62, but maybe I do something in between those years, you know, so I'm not taking from my retirement accounts. So, yeah. Well, and, and, and I talked about this last week, no, two weeks ago. I talked about, too, like, again, the whole point with this getting ready for retirement and knowing what you need to know. There's, like, another piece is she could do a reverse mortgage. Right. That could eliminate. A, so think about that. If it's like, well, hey, I, I, I want to take it at 62. I don't want to work. How, how much? So, again, you, you, all things equal, the amount of money she needs every month. Ten, it was 10 percent more successful, likely to be successful waiting. Well, what what if we took it at 62, you've got to adjust one of the variables to kick it to that same success rate. And, and most likely the variable you're going to adjust is you're going to drop down that monthly cash flow need. So maybe instead of 7,000 a month, it drops down to 6,500 a month, right? So my point with that is, again, these are tools you can play with so you understand. So it's like, okay, well, maybe what I do at 62 is I do a reverse mortgage. And I'm not saying that's right for everybody or it's good or bad. Go back and listen to the other podcast. Maybe you do a reverse mortgage. Now you don't have a $2,000 a month mortgage payment. So that brings your budget way down. So then you say, you know what? I don't need that 2000 a month for my mortgage anymore. And so I can drop my monthly needs down. So I can, and the reason, the only reason I'm saying this is then maybe you can fully retire at 62, never work another day in your life and be just fine, right? There's, there are different ways you can approach this 
right? So, because maybe the more important thing for somebody is to never work another single day in their life after 62 because they're just burned out. But for her, obviously, she likes what she does. I mean, you and I, at least me, I don't think I will ever retire. I love what I do. And it's not taxing on my body. It's a little taxing mentally. And my ulcers are getting bigger. But but other than that, it's like I love what I do. So anyways, yeah. Yeah. So again, going back to the financial plan part, figuring out Social Security. Now, here's the big kicker that comes into this that again, nobody thinks about. True cost of health insurance. Get older, right? There's this issue between you got Medicaid, right? It's always going to be there. Or sorry, Medicare, right? You pay into that. It's like Social Security. But what about long-term care? What about other health costs that are going to come up, right? It's a big issue and very little preparation goes into that for a lot of people. Well, and that's the thing as well is, again, it's like, oh, cool. Well, like even just going back to that, that example I just used, what if you're like, oh, this is cool. I do the reverse mortgage on my house. I can drop my, my monthly needs by $2,000. I can retire at 62, never work again. But all of a sudden, you need to take a medication that costs 1000 bucks a month or 2000 or, or whatever. It's like, actually, now your plan doesn't work, right? And Medicaid, Medicare, I, I'm telling you, for most people, it will not be enough. It will not. In fact... It's funny because whenever we build plans, it defaults to long-term care and Medicare uh, uh, medical costs. Like it put, puts numbers in there by default. And more often than not, we back those out. But I like leaving them in there to initially to have that conversation with people. And for the most part, people are like, oh, no, I've, I've got it covered. I'm like, are you sure? Are you absolutely sure you've got that covered? Like, are you sure you've thought about that? Because we're planning on about five or 600 bucks a month on top of your budget. And to be frank, that may not even be close to enough. Yeah. We were talking about so, thousands of them. What I wish I had known, again, I hear this from so many people, is they wish they would have prepared. Now, a uh, quick or a quick story with long-term care. That one hits very close to home. Yep. Very, very close to You've home. You've told this before. Yeah, because uh, I, so I've lost, both my parents have passed away. I'm an orphan. And uh, with, with what, just a penguin. With just a penguin. A little mini penguin. That's all he's got. Damn, that damn penguin. <laughs> I would have probably put it in the casket with my dad if I still had the penguin. Be like, you uh, take this thing back. I don't want it. You take it with you. <laughs> was that a little, that was a little bit morbid. Uh, um, a, little bit. a little bit. Anyways, uh, so with long, and even in, earlier in my career, I was like, eh, long-term care. It's more something that insurance agents sell to make a commission on, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I really, really changed my tune watching both of my parents as they passed away. And for both of them, at 100%, like the last, in fact, for, for my mother, I think the last three to six months of her life would have been better had there been more of, a, more of an availability of long-term care because she was in a facility for a while. And, and, and we as siblings, we supported, we put in some monies for, for some of the long-term care. But you never want to ask that question, either for yourself or for your parents. You never want to be asking the question, do I get to stay at a really nice hotel or am I staying at a Motel 6? You know what I mean? You do not want to, you don't want to be asking that question. Yeah, because at a Motel 6, your fridge is probably going to be like all icy because the thermostat. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there may be bullet holes. Maybe. Or blood stains. It's part of the attraction. Maybe. 
Or there may be drug deals going on just outside your door. Yeah. Right? Likely. <laughs> or they may make you do landscaping duty. <laughs> okay. You just pulled landscaping duty. But yeah, this idea of long-term uh, care, you, you bring it up. It's just all insurance is sort of like this. It's like, ah, I don't want to pay it. But when you need it, I mean, it's just, oh. it's invaluable. Well, the nice thing too with long-term care and not, not to selfishly plug annuities, there's ways that you can actually build your long-term care into an actual annuity as well, which which kind of kills two birds with one stone. It's not quite as effective or as 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 more bang for the buck if you just buy a standalone long-term care policy but the but yeah there's there are other ways you can look at buildings the point is you have got to think about health care and you have you absolutely i would say of the three people listening to our podcast right now two of those three people absolutely either them or their spouse absolutely i would bet a million dollars on the fact that you will need long-term care yeah Nate, if you're listening. So, yeah, Nate. Get long-term care. Yeah. He better get it. I don't want him putting Allison in some crappy home. I know. If he puts his wife into a home, I tell you what, she man. She doesn't deserve it. Nate, No. don't be stingy, Nate. Nate does. Nate does, but Allison doesn't. So. Yeah. Hey, long-term care, you can get a policy for it. So get a policy. Get it. Uh, one other thing, uh, estate plans. This is something that I think very few people think about until it gets late too. Right. You know, dude, my dad, my dad literally, like I had asked him for years, I'm like just build the stinking trust. Not because I was greedy and wanted it, but I'm like, there are so many pieces of it. And he's like, well, I don't have much money. My parents were terrible with their retirement. But I'm like, no, but there's still so many things you have to, you're not thinking about. But who, build who got the table saw? Uh, so the, at that point there wasn't a table saw, but I actually, I actually ended up with a lot of tools because earlier, earlier in, in, in life, my brother just older than me, Jim, he actually got a lot of tools from my dad. He got a lot of the tools. So when dad died, it's like, I kind of got the scraps that were left over. So it's still kind of a little bit of contention between me. Jim's a woodworker like you. He, <laughs> Jim actually has a full blown wood shop. I'm like, jealous. So, but this is exactly the point though, dude, this is exactly the point is there are, so the trusts and wills, like there's, a will alone is not enough. You want a will and a trust to be built together. And if nothing else, when you've got your favorite, you know, your one of your daughters wants the china or or a, like even the wedding, like the rings that my parents had. I didn't want, we didn't want rings for, to sell them, but the, 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 the value, right? The, the, and for my dad, my dad was a very big hunter. And so like different guns that my dad had were really important, right? Like he had a beautiful Benelli shotgun. And I'm like, ah, oh, like that's, that has meaning to me, right? And so anyway, so dad finally put his, I kid you not, he finally, and there was actually, we had a, we had a, my dad had remarried. So there was a stepmother involved too. So it's like it, with divorce and death and remarriages too, it's even more important to have this trust and will. Not only, not only, I mean, to keep your kids happy and, and, and not from a monetary standpoint, but keep their relationships after you pass away. Yeah, that's a But we're talking one. like tax savings, huge tax savings if you structure your estate correctly. Yeah. Don't have the Ron right? Swanson will on a piece of paper. Well, I, don't, I don't remember the Ron Swanson will. You, oh, on a piece. Of, yeah. Yeah. On a piece of paper. It's something about to oh. the animal that kills me. 
Do you know what actually is a good, a good, uh, a really good example of what we're talking about is the movie Knives Out. Yeah. Did you ever see Knives uh-huh. Out? Good, so good. good. Yeah. Uh, Pretty good. One of Daniel Craig's best movies yep. ever. Love it. But that's, I mean, that's exactly what you want to be cautious of. You don't want, you don't want your estate getting all messed up along the way. Yep. So. I've, I've experienced one of these, not uh, my direct family, but my in-laws family with, with that. And it was uh, more than just interesting more than just interesting about what went on in that process and 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 really how it affected relationships moving forward uh it's still talked about it's been 20 years it is still talked about so well very important and, and seriously you you bring up a great point it's it's all about relationships and you're absolutely like my siblings and I are super close we're very very close and um, like we're all getting together for Thanksgiving dinner. It'll be really fun. It'll be a lot of fun COVID t- discussions at Thanksgiving dinner. We're really close. But even then, there were still there were still some 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 frustrations based on the fact that I'm like, and I, I I'm not kidding you, and I'm not trying to say I pat myself on the back, but I'm like, for two years before my dad passed, I'm like, Dad, come on, you've got to address this. You've got to put this together. You've got to do this. And and certain things he didn't. And it sucks. Um, the other piece with that too is, and we'll just take a quick second, is the medical directive too, right? That's actually, a, in my opinion, a bigger part to all of this. Very much because, so. Because, yeah, it's like, are you, do you want to be resuscitated? Do you not? Do you want to be a donor? Do you not? Like, what are, who, who's going to act on your behalf? If, like, I don't want some greedy one of my kids that's greedy that stands to make a lot of money off my death to pull the plug on me. I don't know. You know what I mean? These are medic. The medical directive component of the estate plan is, is pivotal. So pivotal. And people don't think about that ever. Very much so. Yeah. It's a, just, just, yeah, and you can do it whenever, like you don't have to wait till you're 70. Do it earlier. Do it now. No better time than now. Now is better than later. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. I know that's the thing. It's like, you know, obviously if you're 25, do you really need a trust? And eh, probably not. But even as I start to see people getting into their thirties, forties, well, like, yeah, yeah if, like if you're married and have kids. Yeah. That needs to be done. Exactly. And if you have life insurance, if you, who, who do you want to take, take your, you know, take care of your, your kids. If you like, there are so many reasons why. And I mean, to be frank, a really good trust, you're spending two, three, four or five grand. Right. But there's no reason why you can't go out, spend three to five hundred bucks, and really kind of get a, a. It's cheapy, right? It's the Walmart version of a trust and a will, but that's better than nothing. It really is. So there's get something in place. That's the point. So, well, you want to address the last one? What do you do in retirement? I don't know. I mean, you say we're gonna re- we're not gonna retire. We're just gonna work. <laughs> well, I will. You don't have to. You can retire. I'm just saying you don't really know that, Ty. Uh, that is true. 25, is true. 30 years from that. I'm only that five true. years from it, but <laughs> people don't know it. I'm like 65. You, you don't look 60. My knees have a different story. They feel that like that is true. 65. You do, it, it, it's all that aggressive pickleballing that you do that has destroyed your knees. Oh, I destroyed my knee Monday. So. Just barely. Oh, again? Again. Oh, dang. Thought, I, thought I'd rehabbed it. It's not. I'm hobbling around oh, again. Oh, that sucks, dude. So. You got to be careful with that. For the record, Ryan is a hell of a pickleball player. So really? You've never seen me careful. play? Oh, whatever. But I, Ginny tells me things. But I am pretty good. You're pretty damn good. 
So this last point, it's, it's this philosophy. It comes all the way back around full circle. And I want to end with this thought. Because I, I, Getting I look philosophical. at- This I, is Ty. This is the sage. Here we go. Go, Ty. Old, wise Ty. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever. I'm not wise. I've got a long ways to go. So I just know. So it's, it's what, okay. These, we've talked about things that people need to know, want to know, don't think about. This is what I see with, again, thousands of people we've talked to over the years. What I see is the happiest retirees that I see. It's not, well, I, I should, obviously, it's like if you've got enough money and you know you're going to be okay, that, that brings some peace. It does. I, I won't discount that. But the thing I notice that where I see ha the happiest people actually, when they retire, they keep working and they stay engaged. Not because they have to, but because they want to, right? In fact, uh, one of uh, I love Lauren's one of our one of our best friends and one of my favorite people I get to work with. And Lauren, uh, Lauren, he is he's doing probably better in retirement than he did while he was working. And he, it, you know, and he's just, he's doing what he loves, right? And that's the thing is, again, it's the, phil the, the, the philosophical build out or make up, make up of retirement, right? It's becoming, it, it's being happy with what your budget is when we build the plan out. And then it's when you're retiring, it's not just sitting at home, you know, reading a book or watching it's like it's being engaged it's being able to do the things in life you want to do be with family grandkids all that but seriously i i would say that you need to build your retirement so that you can keep do now obviously i get it sometimes health doesn't doesn't work and there's so many different conditions but plan on and i don't want to say work like don't get a paycheck but plan on doing something that you want in retirement and staying engaged. The people I see that do that, A, they keep making money, and that's a good thing, and B, they are some of the happiest people I know because they are so engaged in, in life. So anyways, that's just the last little nugget that I've noticed. Well, humans are social animals. They need interactions. Right? Yes, I mean, they do. obviously I don't, but yes, do. most people do. Um, perfect. <laughs> there you go. That's Ty's philosophy. I, I, we need to come up with a name for it. I'm going to think about a name for like Ty's it. retirement philosophy. I don't have it off the top of my head, but I'm going to think of it, Ty. and I'm going to put it in the title. Almost like, uh, what was the thing with, with uh, Stuart Smalley or Jack Handy? What is like Deep Thoughts well, by Jack Handy? Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. Um, yeah, something like that. Man, go back and watch those. Those are some... You're good enough. You're smart enough yeah, that's, and doggone it. People like yep, you. That's the Al Franken one. <laughs> that's Stuart, that's Stuart Smalley, right? No. Yeah, it is Stuart Smalley. Yeah. And the best one that they did with Stuart Smalley was with Michael Jordan. He made Michael Jordan. I don't remember that one. Oh, you got to watch this. But he's like, I'm good okay. enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it. People like me. It's Michael Jordan. Okay. Sure. <laughs> it's pretty good. And, because Jordan's just like, I don't think I have a problem with that. And he's like, everybody does. I have does. a problem with that. I think everybody does. So we made him say everybody does. Pretty good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So there you I'm go. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you're back, man. It's good to have you back. That's yeah, good to be back, Ty. It's good to be back. There's Ty's retirement philosophy. Yep. We got the actual, uh, you know, budgets, financial plans, social security, all the extremely fun things. But you know, hey, 
just do these things and you'll you'll feel a lot better. Promise. Just like if you eat, Absolutely. just like if you eat healthy, you don't like it all the time, but you're definitely going to feel better. I agree. Nope, I agree. Don't have a Coke three times a day and don't eat sausage Whatever. McMuffins for breakfast every day. It's, it's the You're egg McMuffin with the regular ham, not sausage. Oof. Hey. It's delicious. I, tell I, you, I, know. I I'm still running a lot of miles a week, man. Well, there you go. Good. You so can do that too. My knees hold out. Yeah. So. Perfect. Hey, okay, buddy. I'm glad you're back. I missed you. Thanks, we, I, all of us in all of us in podcast <laughs> world missed you. Yeah, we really. Did. I hear you. So, hey, thanks, man. Appreciate it, everybody. Okay. Appreciate your time. We'll see everyone next week again. Thanks, Ty. Awesome. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ty and Rye the Finance Guys podcast today. If you like what you heard, go ahead and hit subscribe. That way, you won't miss any future episodes. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Ty and Rye podcast. Also, check us out at myprosperteam.com. Thanks. We will see you next week.